Welcome back to Flash Fiction Fridays. I'm Teresa Garcia, or Amehana Arashi. I apologize for this running a little late this week. I have been rather busy with work tickets. Today's Flash Fiction is more on the short story side of things. It encapsulates the moment when a sword spirit has made her decision about what to do regarding her charge. Kaguyaku's Decision the fire guard kept watch, but mortal eyes saw none of the minor kami gathered in the room with their soldiers, nor the influence of the major kami, Utsu and Bosatsu the forces regularly prayed to. The incense kept time with a steady creep and rising wisp. She watched him sleep, just as every other sword in the room watched his or her own master sleep. The males, as usual, outnumbered the women. It did not matter, though. Swords were not normally capable of reproducing on their own, nor at all. The humans truly did not reproduce on their own either, and just as they did, help was required, although of a different type. He was childless and wifeless, unlike most of those sleeping men sprawled orderly around them. Breaths and heartbeats were for the lord of the clan and for their families. His beat only for his master, half hollow instead of the full ones of the others. The murmurs had already started several years ago, after she had been awarded him, as to if there would be anyone to inherit her. More bothersome, though, was how colder and more distant he became with each passing year. Soon he would not be the young man she had known with such promise. She sat straighter where she knelt in Sesa behind the head of the warrior and her physical body, her job was to protect him. Thinking of what he could become made her heart hurt. They had faced too many of those together. He could not become one of the hollow ones who only fought for rice and who tasted so sharp on her bitter tongue. Kagayaku steeled herself, her lips pressing together. The other sword spirits of the room turned their eyes to her, sensing the change in the flow of ki. After this coming battle, I have work that must be done. Who may I ask to instruct me in what men seek of their women? Her own eyes turned determinedly towards several belonging to those most known to visit the geisha of the floating world, locking with them. Among their kind, none bowed to the others, save to he that dwelled in the shrine of the sun's child and still sang of the taste of Orochi's blood in the vanquishing thereof. Each reddened, their lips playing several emotions. Why, Kagayaku? Do you intend to bear him a son to in turn carry you for our lord or yourself? That may be easier than hunting him a wife. Do you not know the sort that he himself looks toward? Jari, sword of the youngest out of the targeted quintet, chuckled. He looks to none so. I have indeed watched. He does not even look to other men so. If I can find him one, so be it. If I must show myself to him, so be it. Kagayaku smoothed imaginary wrinkles in her lap, her displeasure giving a cold ring to her song. I do not think you can be demure enough, younger sister. At length, Mashite, he that was quickest to the smooth words, sighed. The women my master sees all act subservient and haughty at once, and far more flirtatious. It would be a shame to model yourself after such peacock, or to find him such. 
He needs someone that will tend him as loyally as you do, that will not flinch to treat him should his armor fail. His armor spirit scowled and made a rude gesture beneath where crossed arms hid fingers. I only move as swift as he, no swifter. His eyes slid over Kagayaku and he scowled more. She must be willing to put up with long nights of loneliness and drunkenness. Other swords began voicing their opinions and advice, not all of it delicate and often far coarser. A few hours before dawn, all had decided to try and find someone and to let the others know, then to somehow arrange introductions. They quieted as the Ningen began to stir and go about their preparations. Today there would be either death or life for each of them. Perhaps some of their own also would be sent to the shadow lands to walk the wind-scoured and mist-shrouded beaches, or to the lands over which Lady Izanami now ruled, unable to send the dead back home since her once husband's betrayal of her modesty and mysteries. Her Ningen's fingers caressed her hilt, and she drew a sharp breath. Kagayaku's bearer would not be one of the fallen if she had her way. Beneath his touch, she sang. Now, there are a few words that are not in English, and so I will provide their definitions. Bosatsu is a bodhisattva, which is a Buddha who waits for all to awaken before leaving the wheel. Butsu is a Buddha that has gone on, but turns, instead, to give deliverance and guidance to show the way. Jari was a name chosen because it means grit. Kagayaku means luminous. Kami is a spirit, deity, or god or goddess. Ki is energy, also known as chi in Chinese. Mashite means not to mention or to let alone. And Ningen means human. Now, this was intended first as a flash fiction and might develop into a short story of novella length, depending on whether or not various following flash fictions are able to be stitched together into a longer story. This is a good technique if you don't have a lot of time to write or tend to grasp your storyline in only short fragments. So don't be afraid to try this in your own writings if you too sometimes don't have a lot of time to write or don't have the focus to go for more than one scene per session. Now, before I sign off, I will point out that it's summertime and my son is going to be home, so things are going to be getting a little bit busy for me. I have several projects to be working on, not all of which can be on here, of course. So my production may be a little bit slower or spurty at times, just due to time constraints and being able to get to the computer at various times where I'm not having to also do some other task. Or even the internet at all, because sometimes it is still spotty and the DSL still has not been able to be installed yet. So today I am going to be 
poking at Frontier again to find out when is the next time somebody can come out to attempt and hopefully actually do the install. If DSL cannot be installed, like they originally promised me it could, I'm going to be stuck with satellite internet for the foreseeable future. And that's really all I have to say for today. Next day of postings that follows should be Sunday. So there should be Debbie Stanton's interview going up, which I need to make sure has actually been recorded and posted. And if not, get that done and set up in time. It may end up being a few hours late. I hope not. I'm pretty certain I've got it done and ready. Until next time, I'm Teresa Garcia, or Amehana Arashi, and this has been Flash Fiction Fridays. Happy reading.